Thank you for joining XR Om, which is India's first AR VR focused podcast. And today I'm delighted and honored to have with me Mr. Tom Tooley, who's an author, speaker, investor, and a startup advisor with a focus primarily on technology. He's a serial entrepreneur and a contributor to Forbes.com, who has been in the tech industry for over 25 plus years. So, Tom, really appreciate you taking time being part of a humble podcast. Why don't we start with a small, brief introduction? Your background, because you've been in the space for over 25 years. So, yeah. m- maybe while you're giving your intro and background, maybe also give you a perspective on how technology has evolved over the years. How has it changed? Mm-hmm. Sure, and, and thanks very much for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, it actually, my uh, my career in technology is probably more than 25 years. Uh, I got started when I was in high school, so uh, I started selling my programs when I was in high school, and that was on um, an Atari 400 with 16k of of RAM, and there was no diskette; there was cassette that you would use to load in your program. So. To say technology has come a long way, I mean, if there's if there's one, you know, there's Moore's law. Right? I mean, Moore's law more than anything probably encapsulates technology. It just gets faster and cheaper and better, and it just doesn't stop. So, you know, if you're in this industry, it's it's a it's it's a great place to be. And um, yeah, you know, I guess I could have done other things with my my life, and I didn't. So, um, you know, some people get bored with it, what they do, but you'll never get bored with technology. And you know, now we're getting into a stage where you're, you know, you mentioned, you know, you're focused on VR and the metaverse and things of that sort. So, um, you know, it does seem like that's the next stage uh, where things are going, where things are more immersive and definitely more sophisticated. You put things on your head and. Uh, and, and you know, and you go into these other worlds. So things have come a long way since my Atari 400 was 16K in a cassette. Um, and I, I can't imagine what it'll be 10 years from now or 20 years from now. And I, I, I expect to be around to, to see what happens. So um, yeah, so I mean, you know, in terms of, you know, how I look at technology, that that's it. I mean, it just gets better, faster. You know, it's just, it's just, it's, it, it just gets, uh, It, it it just moves and innovates, so it's it's the nature of the business. Um, and also, just a little uh, uh, background here too. Um, um, you know, uh, my background is a little diverse uh, in terms of the technologies I cover, but I have a new book coming out uh, in late November uh, called "How to Create the Web Three: uh, How to Create a Web Three Startup." Um, you know, so I cover a lot of the blockchain and tokens. And, You know, um, DAOs, and you know, you name it, it covers it. Um, and then the last chapter is on the metaverse, so uh, I have coverage of that in there as well. So I'm pretty excited with that to see how it does. Um, so uh, that that's kind of my next thing, and um, yeah, love to talk about the topic. I'm going to talk about. I mean, not not just the the new book that uh, you're writing, how to create a web three startup, because I think that's the most exciting space. But I think we'll go linear wise and we'll go, you know, pull you back a little bit because besides this book, you've done other books also, and and, and you spoke mm-hmm. about you know how technologies o- o- evolved over the last few decades. You know, from your cassettes to you mentioned Moore's law, <laughs> where and, and you know, I mean, in the early days, you know, computer was almost like a size of a room, and right now we are in mm-hmm. the in, In, in the process of miniaturizing technology, and I think that's so so profound because you know it. it uh, 
you know over the years you know i mean i, I think mobile it, it was and communication was one of the coolest invention you know mobile at one point of time you know it used to be like a really huge mm-hmm. bulky and the only thing that you it could do was you know it could make calls i mean mm-hmm. i don't think anybody imagined you know 30 years back you know when we first had a mobiles that you know it could completely take over our lives it could up end society you know because it's right. it's a mini po- computer in your pocket and we are nowhere close to uh, you know going how deep we can go down you know how smaller we can you know you, you know make mm. technology so so it's a, so it's an exciting space if you mm-hmm. could just uh, maybe talk about the exciting parts of the technology and how it's going to affect uh, us you know all both consumers mm-hmm. as well as businesses Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, th- there's the, the the technology that we see, you know, the the applications, the headsets, and so forth. Uh, but for that to to happen, there's a lot that needs to go on behind the scenes. You know, you need bandwidth, you need 5G, you need, you know, all the sophisticated hardware. You need data centers, uh, you need all this compute power. So I think one thing that gets lost in in this uh in this metaverse conversation is that there's going to be a huge demand for that back end kind of the boring stuff but you got to have the boring stuff because you can't have the cool stuff without the boring stuff so so there's a lot more to this than 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 meets the eye and if you look at 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 facebook for example you know with spending 20 billion a year a lot of that is is back end a lot of that is the data center it's powering these things so that experience becomes lifelike that you know that there's very low latency when it comes to that you know you know getting that information to your headset um you know the ai is it's really back end technology and then with all this data that we're collecting you know how do we use those, that ai to create those experiences so um you know so a lot of this uh you know like our nvidia for example you know the, those gpus that you know allow for these really immersive experiences so there's going to be a lot done on the semiconductor side um you know and and even extrapolate even further you know there's quantum computing that um requ- you know is a whole new way of looking at how to operate a computer uh at a different level where you know if it really works it's still in the early stages you know it could be in a sense quantum leaps in terms of the capacity of what these computers can do so um now what's interesting is that you're seeing a lot of this come into play at the same time you know um and in order to create these technologies you know you mentioned mobile there had to be certain things that you know there's certain preconditions that need to be there for that to happen and steve jobs was a smart person because he realized the market was ripe for that and i think that's i think where the you know the issue will be for the metaverse is and and zuckerberg has mentioned this is not a one year thing it's a 10 year maybe 20 year thing is that the timing of it so there's certain preconditions that need to be there and for some of these entrepreneurs you're going to have some entrepreneurs that probably just too early you know um and and those that will, those that will hit it big will just somehow probably maybe more by accident than anything get the timing right um but there's a lot that needs to happen So that that's a lot of opportunity for people um and it's it's global and it's huge and there's a lot of money there um but you I think you have to think very strategically and 
and this is where you know understanding some of the history of technology comes into play that if you just see the technology and it's just not there you know maybe go on to something else in technology because if you don't get the timing right it it uh can be really difficult so um so i think there's a lot of different steps along this journey uh it's not going to happen overnight uh, but that's the exciting thing so um the journey is the fun part right yeah exactly yeah the journey always is the fun fun part and, and sometimes like you mentioned in, in the beginning of the conversation you know i think the boring stuff leads to you, you know like the interest interesting stuff you know you do yeah. the boring stuff first and, and that will open up like really really b- big opportunities you uh, have have written artificial intelligence basics on non-technical mm-hmm. introduction uh, c- mm-hmm. could you talk about maybe like summarize uh, about the, the book you know through writing with writing for forbes um kind of the inspiration was that you know ai was becoming obviously more more uh topical um but it was a complicated uh area a lot of math you know mathematics complex logic you really did have to you know you know being you know most people are not going to be data scientists so um but they do want you know you have managers that are not going to be data scientists but they have to have some understanding of you know basic understanding of how the technology works so that's how you know the 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 framework i was operating under so there's there's no equations or you know you know python or you know data pipelines or any you don't have to do any of that you know it's all high level and i cover all the main bases so you know what is machine learning what what is deep learning um what uh um natural language processing um you know uh, how to do an ai project what's involved what, what not to do you know not how to you know um robotics the you know not the software robotics but the actual robots that or in a warehouse and you know how do robots work and and what i found is uh you know a lot of these concepts that we think are new are really not new um there's a lot of smart people who have been thinking about these for decades it just happens uh that it took a long time you know for the compute power to come about to have the availability of data and you know at the end of the day i mean if there's one conclusion you know it's data um you know if you don't have data you really don't have artificial intelligence um you know and you, you need good data quality data and that you know that's the big challenge with ai but you know, whenever there's a challenge that's a that's a good thing for entrepreneurs so there's a lot to be done with data uh, on the ai side but 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 you know that's kind of the focus of the book is for those you know are probably not going to be data scientists and but you want to want to know what's happening with this technology i think you know today we living in a time whether it's consumers or whether it's uh, uh, you know enterprise you need to be a lifelong learner you need to continuously yeah. learn because things are moving at the speed of light and and, and the the businesses i think you know there's so much data if you kind of infer those valuable insights or signals from the data you can build great businesses so ai is a great tool for enterprise but and there are so many i you know your consumer use cases also i mean you know there's some cool things happening with dolly 2 for the creators that the gpt3 do some awesome thing with your text to code and some like really cool cool innovations happening over there uh, uh i what caught my attention was your post on linkedin where you had created a post on metaverse and how the largest impact is going to be for enterprise 
could you kind of mm-hmm. explain first what is the metaverse and b mm-hmm. what when you meant that the largest impact uh, is going to be in the space of enterprise could you kind of give share some exp- uh, you know examples over there um you know the metaverse is is really a you know a highly immersive virtual world you know it could be a game it could be education it could be a lot of different use cases uh, we're still in the early stages of that with the um the enterprise it's different because you know training you know just as an example training uh in the real world is you know it's not the best experience even when you're in a classroom or in-person experience um you know there's someone at the chalkboard or whiteboard and they're putting stuff maybe there's a slideshow and you know it, it only goes so far now the teacher can answer some questions and things like that um but where the metaverse really takes it to another level is if i'm a surgeon uh and it's you know you know training is critical because you don't want someone to die on the operating table you know you can do that all in the metaverse and you know that's being done today so um if i'm a med student i definitely you know i'll well that med school will probably pay or your tuition will pay for the headset and um you know, you'd probably be a much better surgeon because of that. So um, I think that, you know, in the corporate enterprise side, I do think there's probably more near-term opportunity with the metaverse because the costs are not that big of a deal because corporations will pay for it. They don't care. Co- uh, corporations have a huge need, a lot, especially for training. Um, and the, the training is probably so much more effective than it would be with traditional training. So I do think there's multiple factors there that would drive that as a, as a big market opportunity for, for, for entrepreneurs. Right. I, I think the training is going to be a huge space for uh, Metaverse, you know, because uh, the, the Metaverse, I think, is going to completely upend the way we do business, you know, because earlier we used to, you know, like maybe go to school for education. Uh, we, we, we used to go to a hospital for healthcare, uh, you know, but I think with once the Metaverse kind of comes in, everything, all of these kind of binds you know because i believe that metaverse is is not one single technology i think it's a convergence of augmented reality virtual reality mixed reality and underpinning it would be obviously you mentioned you know the 5g because you know the bandwidth it's a very data hungry thing what the metaverse is does is that kind of flips it it it, instead of you going to the school you bring the school to you because you Mm -hmm. are immersed in the school instead of going to the healthcare you you the healthcare comes to you so so those those are the points which are really really cool and you you, you mentioned about training. I think training is an industry is going to completely up and over, over the period of years, it, it, it's already been doing that and showing real world benefits, how training uh, is being leveraged through AR, VR, MR. And once this all this gets binded together, when we have that metaverse, the, the training is a space which will get completely upended. You mentioned that you're writing this new book, How to Create a Web3 Startup. Would you like mm-hmm. to give a glimpse of the new book? It's there. There are not even many Web three books out there even now because it's so early in this category. Uh, but I suppose I, I was presuming that I was thinking at first writing maybe a Web three basics, um, but I thought there's probably going to be a ton of those books anyway. So 
maybe a little twist on it would be from the standpoint of an entrepreneur who's looking at this market. And it's very different because, you know, you know, you got to deal with uh, the blockchain. Um, you, you, uh, there may be different governance structures, such as the, um, the DAOs. Um, and, um, you know, there's legal issues. There's, you know, how to manage these things. Um, you know, there's, there's different layers, these different layer one, layer two, layer three technologies, like these, you know, core, kind of like the, kind of like we were talking about with the metaverse, you know, you got to build out this core infrastructure to allow it to happen. That's where the, the focus is primarily now. Then you start getting into the applications. Um, that should be not a surprise. Uh, a lot of the early movers in this space have been in the gaming industry. Uh, you know, shouldn't be a surprise because, you know, they, they, you know, they've been working on payment mechanism, you know, buying virtual goods in the, in a game have been around for a long time. So there's a lot of similarities between, you know, gaming and what you see web three and, and the metaverse and so forth. So, so the book really just is a bit of a primer or primer on the different things you got to know about this. And then also I talked to a variety of companies and founders who created their own Web3 companies and then talk about their own experiences and the things that worked and, and didn't work. Um, then there's a the whole regulation aspect to it. I cover primarily the United States, but these are a lot of times these are global organizations. So, you know, if I run a, a Web3 company, you know, you know, you know, what what does that mean if I'm in Europe or India or South America? So there's a lot of things, but um, um, you know, so a lot, you know, those at, 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 uh, Andreessen and Sequoia think web three is, is the next platform. Um, you never know, it might or may not be. So, uh, but I do think it's something that, uh, kind of like the AI basics, it's, it's not a technical book. It's not like you have to, you know, build a smart contract on Ethereum and I'm not going to talk about how to do that. There's lots of books that tell you how to do that or videos that tell you how to do that, but it just talks more about building of companies and, you know, how to think, you know, the, how the companies of the future may not look, look like the companies we've seen in the past. Right. Uh, you rightfully pointed out that the companies of the future is not going to look like the companies of the past, because I guess the entire Web3 model, we, we, we going to move from uh, the, the current business model of extract maximum value from a business to, you know, right. move, move to a world which is decentralized, interoperable, open right. and some uh, of the web3 which at least the ethos says it's built by the people by the uh, the, the creators you know right. which which is everyone of us who who is a, a content creator of sort or developer sure. but it, it, that that is something though uh, you know it sounds nice it's something which I completely fail to understand because, you know, we live in a world which is completely centralized, hierarchical, mm -hmm. and any and every businesses functions in a centralized top-down manner. Right. How do you see enterprise, enterprises uh, gearing up for something like that? Do we, mm -hmm. uh, do we move to a world which is decentralized? Is that even possible? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. what, are you, what are your views on that full decentralized? Yeah. The argument of centralized versus decentralized is, is more of a nuanced argument. 
you'll, you'll never have a purely centralized or purely decentralized. I, I don't, you know, we live in the world, <laughs> you know, we, we live in a world of practical, uh, you know, things that need to get done. So there's a lot of issues with decentralization, no, no, no doubt about it. But I think it's more about degree. It's moving a little more away from the centralizations that, that we have seen and to a little bit more of a decentralized area. But I don't think it's going to be where, you know, an average person is going to create their own smart contract on, on the Ethereum black, uh, blockchain. Uh, that, that doesn't seem very realistic. You know, the other thing too is, you know, you know, you, you, while you do have participation uh, in, in these, these platforms, it's, it probably is similar to how, you know, things run in the real world with voting for politicians. You know, the United States, I mean, we're kind of the part of modern, the emergence of modern democracy, yet a lot of people don't vote in this country. <laughs> so, you know, there's going to probably be a lot of people that, that participate in these Web3 platforms that don't vote. Or they'll say, why do I, why do I want to vote on this? I don't even know what I should be voting on. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll have a, you know, some technical thing about what they'll do with, with their platform. And it's like, I don't, I could really care less. I, I just come here for this, this, and this, and that's it. And I don't want to waste my time with other things. So, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, there's a lot of idealism and that happened at every stage of the internet. You know, when I was there in the early days of the internet, there's a lot of idealism, you know, but practical realities, you know, mug you at the end of the day. So I, I don't, I don't see it as, you know, like all we're going to go to a completely decentralized environment. Uh, but I think it may be more so than what we've seen maybe in the past 15 years. Um, and, um, and whether that's good or not, I just think it's, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's just, um, I, I think it, it's something that, you know, the, those, the users of the internet are more sophisticated today. Um, so I think they kind of know, what they want, what they don't want. And I think choice is important. So I really think there's gonna be some more fragmentation and more specialization and, and different platforms as opposed to the, the behemoth platforms uh, that we've seen in the past, but I don't think they're gonna go away either. I mean, YouTube, I don't think a Web3 platform is gonna get rid of YouTube anytime soon. I mean, I, I, go, to web, I go to YouTube because it serves a great purpose. I mean, it's centralized, but I don't care. It's fine with me. I, I get the videos I like to see. So, you know, but, but something like a LinkedIn could be different, you know, do I want to go to a LinkedIn? Maybe I want to go to a different one, you know, uh, is, is LinkedIn really, you know, it's owned by Microsoft and is that the place I want to go? You know, I think that's where some of the opportunities are. You mentioned that, you know, there's a, at least there are people or entrepreneurs asking these brave questions and pointing mm -hmm. out the wrongs of the earlier system. And you said there's more participation, which is true because earlier, I, I think um, the participation was largely, you know, the, the, the Western countries, you know, and, sure. uh, and yeah. everybody was missed out. But I guess because of internet, I think it's, it's, it's been the teacher of the world, you know, anybody who, who's got the desire and intent can get onto the you know, in, internet and can learn because it's, it's, it's the largest right. teacher in the world. It gives you all yeah. the information. The only thing that's stopping you is your desire and internet. I mean, intent, that's desire true. and intent. So, so there's some cool things happening and I see that there's a lot of people participating and there's a lot of people sitting in obscure locations, but because of the knowledge, 
are wanting to change the wrongs, the wrongs of the Web2 industry because I'm, I'm not pointing out and, and saying that Facebook or Google or Microsoft is wrong. I'm saying that they are great platform. They, they have mm -hmm. changed us. They've changed society and the world on how we live, work and play. But over time, due to a capitalistic structure of the businesses, we have given too much power onto these big tech companies because these are alternate countries of sorts because mm -hmm. 1.5 billion, the, the, the largest populated country in the world, China. But look yeah. at Facebook. I mean, Facebook's got yeah. 2 billion plus, per, exactly. you know, I mean, users. And then, then you've got TikTok and you've got... So, so there, there are mm -hmm. these alternate digital worlds which are brewing. And in those mm -hmm. alternate digital worlds which are brewing, they have created businesses unknowingly by extracting maximum value out of the juice uh, of the users, consumers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I think what I see is that these consumers are are waking up and saying, "My data is my data, and you mm -hmm. cannot." hold it, manipulate it, uh, uh, manipulate uh, a country's uh, election process or, uh, you know, and right. not just right. to buy. So, so people are getting more aware. So, so that's fantastic. And, 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 and that's the reason I do this podcast, you know, the intent with this podcast is to, you know, nudge those curious lot into asking deeper questions. Because I guess, you know, once we ask deeper questions, we, mm -hmm. chances are, I don't know whether it's centralization, decentralization or re-centralization, mm -hmm. but at least maybe we will take one step forward into creating a world which is a little bit better. So I, 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 that's that's my process and, and that's the uh, reason I do this. Now, you, you mm -hmm. are also an investor and a strategic mm -hmm. uh, uh, advisor to startups. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. you had to put together a metaverse or a Web3 startup, what's the low hanging fruit that you would go for and what would you yeah. advise a metaverse or web3 startup to do to be mm -hmm. investor ready that's a good, that's a really good question um <clears throat> just like uh i still think we're in the infrastructure phase of of web3 uh now the deep infrastructure i think has been pretty well invested in um but there's net, there are other layers of, of infrastructure um, that need to be developed out. Uh, one are the DAOs, you know, so decentralized autonomous organizations, DAOs. They are a way to manage a Web3 platform. Um, the thing is that, um, it, it, you know, it's so early, you know, you know, is this is this like a corporation or you know so there's all kinds of legal issues management issues and things like that i think there's opportunity to develop you know like SaaS platforms around things like that um so, you know these kind of these SaaS tools um that get um you know, you know zoho for example um it's big in india big here in the united states too um you know something like that those kinds of tools you know you know, there'll, there'll probably be need for like an ERP or accounting system to deal with all the blockchain stuff, which is not easy to manage, especially on a global basis. Um, so it's not something like you use a regular QuickBooks for. Uh, I don't even know how you use QuickBooks, you know, running a Web3 
company. So I think there's actually a variety of different interesting um, applications that can be developed to help these Web3 companies, you know, manage their own their own systems, their own their own operations, things like that. And and there and I do interview a couple of these companies in the book, but I just think it's still early early days for that. And I think we're going to see more and more uh, of those types of tools and systems uh, come onto the market. Now, you know, when I talked about the metaverse and time, you know, the timing and all that kind of stuff. I think enterprise applications will be the last part of the uh, evolution of Web3. I think it's going to start with, I think the applications will start more on the consumer side, which they already have, um, and then move to enterprise, maybe in the next three or four years, then more to enterprise. So if you're thinking about enterprise you know, software, you know, selling to big enterprises, um you, you may want to wait a little bit on that one <laughs> uh yeah i think that might take some time now maybe you start thinking about it uh and, and you know going through some of the concepts but i think that'll take some time um and also you mentioned you know um this decentralized centralized concept when it comes to enterprise you know you just can't decentralize everything because there's a lot of things that are proprietary to your business. Uh, you have customers, just can't, you know, open everything up about your customers or your vendors. Um, uh, if I'm a banking, if I'm a bank, if I'm a bank, um, you know, and I want to go on the blockchain, I know there are banks that do that. It's not the open blockchain that they're on. It's a private blockchain, you know. So they understand the benefits of blockchain but they're not going to go have it so anyone can do whatever they want on the blockchain that'd be a disaster and also the regulators would not allow it so there's healthcare companies there's utilities you know some of the biggest enterprise customers in the world that you would sell to and if you show them this uh, open public platform based on the blockchain no one's going to buy it because security and privacy are you know so important to them and they even if even if they wanted to do it, they couldn't because they would violate regulations. And um, so, yeah, I think on the consumer, gaming has been probably the, the first mover. Um, but I, I think we'll probably see other or consumerish application. We're starting to see a little bit like social networks, um, you know, maybe music sites or, uh, you know, maybe where you create your own music and you can sell it. And, and sell it using some tokens. And um, I think that, you know, the LinkedIn idea, I think, in fact, I talked to someone the other day, a few weeks ago, he's got, I don't know the name of the company, I forgot the name of the company, but he's trying to create a LinkedIn based on Web3. And for kind of like a Gen Z generation type uh, demographic, because they look at LinkedIn, they go, that's, that, that's not what I would use. So, <laughs> so I do think the Web3 on the consumer side or the hybrid consumer side uh, where, where it'll be where the, a lot of the opportunity is or some of these SaaS applications to help uh, Web3 companies in, in their evolution. Uh, Tom, my last question to you, you know, because you mm -hmm. mentioned that uh, in, in this digital world, 
uh, the the possibly the low hanging fruit is and could be you know the gamings and and, and the live music entertainment mm-hmm. possibly tokenizing thing possibly you know for uh, nfts for artists and stuff like that mm-hmm. could, could could you could you kind of like maybe like uh, give uh, a few examples uh, around there and if you had to paint a picture of what the world would look like in 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 a 10 year in a 10 year span what would you have to say a 10 year span <laughs> um well on the web3 front um yeah I, the other thing i forgot to mention uh security is another uh huge growth industry for web3 um so in fact the probably the biggest risk factor well there's a couple of risk factors for for web3 uh one is it's a little complicated people to figure out i mean uh some of these structures just are just not and sometimes the onboarding is is you know kind of confusing i think that's another opportunity for web3 by the way or systems to help with onboarding um but we've seen a whole rash of uh breaches hundred you know, the hundreds of millions of dollars in breaches um and um, uh, so if, if in some of these people, you know, who um, are the users of these systems, you know, it could be their livelihood. I mean, some people actually make their living on Web3 platforms um, and uh, they'll, they'll create these environments and they'll sell the, you know, things. And um, uh, Roblox is kind of a, example of that as well where people kind of make livings off of these virtual worlds um so the thing is that there's a huge hack uh and then you know people lose their hard-earned money and they can't live anymore um (laughs) there's a reputation risk so you know when these hacks occur you'll see that these investors will come in and, and try to fill the hole um but the best way to deal with that is to not have that happen in the first place there's a variety of different early stage uh, security companies that are focused on Web3 uh, that I think are very interesting right now. So I think security will be a top of mind area, just like it is for any company or should be for any company. Uh, but especially with Web3, because your users you know, are entrusting you with, with these valuable digital assets. And if, if, if you violate that, uh, you know, they're not going to be happy and they probably won't come back. So in terms of like the next decade, so 2032, I guess would be, uh, um, you know, where, where would we be? Um, well, I really don't know, <laughs> but uh, I know that things will be a lot faster, a lot quicker. I think a lot more immersive. So I think that, I think, you know, I think that's ineffable. Uh, with with the metaverse, because the compute power will be there to create these really immersive experiences. So I do think that that, that that's clear. Um, I would be just really interesting to see where where Meta is at that point. Um, you know, because by then, Meta will have been around probably close to thirty years. You know, because they were founded in t- two thousand four. So you know, for a company, a consumer digital company to be around for 30 years is pretty remarkable. Um, so I would, I would even, you know, I would question as to what would, you know, Meta even be 
you know, would it be a, I wouldn't be surprised if it'd be a struggling company at that point. Ah, you know? but, yeah, yeah. So, so that, that that's a, a, a profound note to end on. And I mean, I would like, <laughs> no, because I would like to do like possibly an episode, maybe 10 years from now with you <laughs> and, and kind of check on well, that. Be but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I think uh, Facebook single-handedly has been that company which has driven the conversation for virtual reality and possibly creating that global conversation of meta when they rebranded from facebook to meta and and uh, yes that that you know they i think their business model is revolutionary you know because they were the first companies which came and said okay let's let's make things free you know because that itself is so revolutionary you know and they made everybody a neighbor everybody a friend you know i mean you know the, the world you know so closer you know it's because of facebook i think you know we've got an opportunity you know you could be sitting anywhere but you could have a have a conversation and you need to give you know uh, you know kudos to you know mark zuckerberg for doing that because i think yeah, after that true. i think that totally other agree. others have kind of like spawned up and like you said now we are questioning can we create a web3 for linkedin can we create yeah. a web3 for and possibly maybe it's possible and you also mentioned you know there are so many wrongs with the cryptocurrencies today i think we've got around 6000 plus tokens yeah. and nfts and, and and we have these nfts yeah. which are like just scribble nfts and you know people are buying it and they are questioning you know why why did they spend so much money <laughs> yeah but possibly maybe in the near future maybe because see this is just new it's the language that we are understanding yeah. of the world wide web or the web, the, the world next iteration of uh, a computer possibly if we take a collaborative approach where taking uh, everybody in maybe the the next web3 that we are talking about could be something actually beneficial for consumers as well as enterprise right. and i hope that uh, we 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 head towards that wish you the very best for your book how to create a web3 startup if it's there we will put the link on to it really appreciate tom you taking time and being part, part of the podcast to my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button until next time see you guys bye bye thank you tom appreciate this thank you yeah great it's been great